Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Adrian Abraham and Ryan Huang. Time now to discuss the top market moving headlines that investors will be paying attention to and its potential implications. Time for the Breakfast Brief. Yeah, Adrian. So I think a lot of us saw this coming. At some point, markets would have to sell off. And here we are, a huge sell off. You've got investors just cashing out, taking money off the table after some bad news came through from the earnings reports. And this really around the retail space where we've got earnings from the likes of Walmart and Target just weighing on the picture for the US economy. And of course, that also reflects what the consumer sentiment is. So uh, if you look at what is happening in the US retail space, a lot of consumers are now worried about inflation, rising prices, and they are now shifting their spending or in, in some cases holding back on spending. So away from goods to services in most cases. So that's a worrying trend for many retailers who have been enjoying a bit of a boom in the past few years, of course, because of COVID-19, the pandemic spending. So now that spending binge may be running out. So that is an additional worry for consumer sentiment and, of course, uh, how that might play out for other companies, businesses who might be looking forward to better days ahead. Yeah, the word recession has also been mm. floating around in the news in the last few weeks or say even months now. What's it looking like now? Yeah, that R word is really coming back again. So you mm. have that as a risk and that is being talked about a bit more. So that's worth noting. So the likes of Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon has been saying clients are preparing for slowing growth and a decline in asset prices thanks to high inflation. He also sees a chance of a recession, but... He's not overly concerned about the risk. So depending on who you talk to, they have varying outlooks or odds of what they think will be a recession. Something, no, there's a good chance. Something, no, it's still not there yet. But if you look at a survey of some CEOs, at least their outlook appears to be dimming. So looking at this survey by the conference board measuring CEO sentiment, more than half are expecting a recession ahead. So that's worth noting. 57% of respondents are expecting inflation to come down over the next few years, but the economy to sustain a very short, mild recession. Yes, Amazon, Ryan, also in the news. Let's move away from recession for a little bit. They've just announced a $60 tablet. That is um, something to look forward to if you are watching out for any, I guess, early Christmas presents or any presents you might need, a tablet from a newish type of place or brand. Amazon actually has been pushing out tablets, but now it's a new improved Fire 7 tablet and it's retailing for $59.99 in the US. So that is going to be a cheaper alternative to your usual products like the iPad or any other tablet you might be looking at. So quite a cheap version. And of course, it's a play for Amazon to get into the whole ecosystem kind of synergies with its services like Alexa, voice assistant, music, books Mm. and apps. Because you can imagine if you've got a tablet, you'll probably buy Amazon products. So I think this is where they are trying to perhaps sell this at a low cost to just lock you in as a ecosystem user. 
Yeah, I've also seen another one. They uh, also introduced a new version of Fire 7 Kids, which ships with a kid-proof case in red, mm. blue, or purple that comes with a year of Amazon Kids Plus. The device has a starting price of $109.99 US dollars and is also available starting June 29th. Yeah, it's more expensive than the adult version. <laughs> I think it's because it comes with the... Kid-proof um, case. Kid-proof That's case. <laughs> and I think it's quite clever, right? Yeah. Lots of kids these days use their parents' tablets, their mm. phones. And if you have something dedicated to them, you can kind of put the settings just right for them to access the content they're supposed to and also to avoid messing up your stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still, you know, drop my phone and my case is quite strong. Although, you know, you never know if that screen, just a little crack here and there. Uh, what else are we looking forward to today, Ryan? Okay, so we are also looking out to see how markets are digesting what's happening in China. So this is something that's been playing out for quite some time. The slowing growth projections or the lower growth projections coming through. Goldman Sachs cutting their forecast for China's GDP to 4%. So that is something to chew on as we see how all these COVID-19 lockdowns and restrictions have been weighing on business activity. And that 4% growth outlook is down from 4.5% and quite below the official forecast or target of around 5.5%. So this is something to watch out for because of the dynamic situation in China around COVID-19. They have said that sometime in mid-June, Shanghai will go back to normal, but that remains to be seen. So we are looking at a couple of weak data points in recent days and weeks around housing starts and sales, around industrial production on Monday. That has been weaker than expected, just showing how much COVID-19 has been weighing on the Chinese economy. So something to look out for as we see perhaps Shanghai reopening and maybe Beijing turning around. Other banks, notably, have also been cutting their China growth forecast outlook. City mm-hmm. earlier, one of the highest China GDP forecasts, they have cut their outlook from 5.1% to 4.2%. Mm. And JP Morgan is now looking at 4.3% from 4.6%. And Morgan Stanley has cut its target to 4.2% from 4.6%. So lots for investors to watch out for, but at least some good news when it comes to greater China. You've got Hong Kong today relaxing their COVID-19 rules. So something to look forward to, I guess, on the economic front there. Yeah, very big day in Hong Kong. I remember when restrictions were eased here, Ryan. Remember how happy you felt, how liberated you felt? I remember (laughs) being able to walk through any entrance and exit that I used to be able to many years ago. So that feeling of being able to just walk freely without the safe entry points. Do you still find yourself going all the way around to the uh, exit you were meant to take during the time I of think the in the initial entry? days there was a bit of a strange feeling that hey I still am I supposed to walk here? Oh, okay so, yeah. I still find it weird is, that, is the door <laughs> open? is it unlocked now? Yeah. are you going to walk into a door is there going to be someone asking you for your trace together? something else making the news this morning is Under Armour their president and chief executive officer Patrick Frisk will be stepping down effective June 1st as the sportswear retailer searches for a replacement. In the interim, the current chief operating officer, Colin Brown, will serve as president and CEO, according to a company statement. Frisk is expected to remain with um, Under Armour as an advisor through to April 1st, actually September 1st. So a couple of things he's done. He's worked to limit the amount 
of discounting that Under Armour does with third-party retailers in an attempt to buoy profits. He also tried to make the brand appear more premium next to peers like Nike and Lululemon. Yeah, I think this is worth noting that he has been in the job for two years, quite a tough time with COVID-19. His stock price did not enjoy a boost during his time and they are down 52% so far this year, just reflecting how much competition there is, also supply chain issues. And I think the board decided, hey, we need someone else to steer the company. And there he is, just leaving the company and Under Armour looking for someone new. Yeah, Under Armour is looking forward to someone new. Coming up later on the show, Ryan, on The Bigger Picture, who are you speaking to? All right, on The Bigger Picture today, we are diving into SIA's results that were found last night. So they are still uh, reporting a annual loss for a third year in a row. But the good news is it's a narrower loss. And we are chatting with Morshin Aziz. And he is an analyst at Pangolin Investment Management. So we'll be diving into the results as well as the outlook for aviation. Yeah, plenty of articles about SIA on the Straits Times this morning, also on the Business Times. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.